Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, one, two, three. It's actually a miracle that the microphone still works because it's been in my car for about three months. And I'll talk a little bit later about why it's been so long since I've released a podcast episode. But welcome to season two of Jesus Loves You, This I Know. This season, we're going to be talking about the Bible. So I thought I'd start by telling you the story of when I started reading the Bible. When I was in high school, I would go to Mass alone, that my family didn't go to Mass, so I would go because it was an hour a week when I felt really certain of God's love, when I felt like that was a safe place for me to remember who I was. Really, it helped to strengthen me to withstand anything that came in the week ahead. So there was one Sunday that I was sitting in Mass, and Father, in his homily, said, everyone should read the Bible. And it was Advent. It was the first Sunday of Advent. He said, for Advent, I want you just each night to read one chapter of the Gospels. Just get to know Jesus Christ in the Gospels. And so me, my 16-year-old self, I went home and was very determined and Now, my dad disputes some of this story. I I have to put that disclaimer. But I went home to my dad and I said, Dad, do, do you have a Bible? And he said, you know what? Actually, I don't. So he took me to Barnes and Noble and we went and got what turned out to be my very first Bible. It was like a faux leather cover and I used it through high school and through college. And when I got home, I opened the Bible to the first chapter of the first gospel, which is the gospel of St. Matthew. And I was all ready to grow closer to Christ by reading the gospels as Father had suggested to us. And as I opened that, I got to the first chapter which is the genealogy of Jesus. So it says, you know, Adam begot this person, Abraham begot (laughs) Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and it just goes on and on and on and on for line after line after line. I was reading it and I was like, well, this isn't very spiritually fulfilling to just be reading all of these names that I have no idea how to pronounce. And I was like, what do I do? And so I decided to flip back to the book of Psalms. And I started reading. And as I was reading the book of Psalms, I discovered in them these beautiful prayers. And they were honestly the prayer of my heart. That as I read them, these words that I had no idea how to express the inner turmoil that I was experiencing, I found the words in the book of Psalms. And as I read through Psalms, I would write in my Bible the the different things that would come up for me. And after that, I made it eventually to chapter two of the Gospel of Matthew and three and four. And then after I worked through the Gospels, I made my way to the letters of St. Paul. And St. Paul really taught me how to live out what Jesus had exemplified for us on earth. And then eventually in my studies, I ended up back in the Old Testament where I learned more and more about how God is a loving father. This is what has changed my life is getting to know God, of course, through everything out in the world, as I've been talking about in this podcast, but especially through his word in scripture. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and Jesus loves you, this I know, because the Bible tells you so. To be honest, it took everything in me to not sing that song. And I know for the whole first season, I was telling you, it's not just the Bible where Jesus shows his love, it's everywhere. But I think after, hopefully, after a season, we've come together to experience that God, yes, is loving us today, right now, in our very existence, in the way that the world is. But we need to learn a little bit more specifically about him. And that's why in season two, we're going to be going through the Bible. 
And I have a story to tell you. There was one summer when I was a child when I went to vacation Bible school. I went to vacation Bible school actually three times that summer. I went to the church where my family was registered, and I went with two different groups of my cousins. And I remember sitting in vacation Bible school with one of my cousins, and we were sitting there, and they started talking about the New Testament. And I sat there as my, you know, six or seven-year-old self and thought, there's a New Testament? There's like a new part of the Bible? Why didn't anyone tell me? I thought it was all old. And then as I started listening, I was realizing, oh, wait, this isn't new. I just don't know what it is that they're talking about. And the Bible, in a lot of ways, gets a bad rap today. It seems like we hold it in one of two extremes. Either you hold it as every single word in it is fundamentally true, exactly what you read on the surface, or it's just kind of unimportant. As I was preparing for this episode, I remembered a story from, actually, it's not a story, it's a quote from Macklemore in in one of his stories, where he said, we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. That's how we see the Bible. It's something that was super relevant back then. We can use the Bible to learn about how things were a long time ago. But right now, living out the word of God is is different. That That's how we see it. That, um, you know, it's a general guidebook, ideas. We can learn about Jesus in it, but it's not actually relevant for light right now. But here's the thing. The word of God, St. Paul says, is living and true. It's a living being. And actually, we we talk about Jesus as being the logos. That's the Greek word for word. So the word of God is not just the Bible, the book. The word of God is a person. It's Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about the word of God being living and true, we can be tempted to read the Bible as though it's just any other book. It's either fiction or nonfiction. Either it happened exactly like it says it is, or it's just totally made up. But it's a little bit more complicated than that. Because the word of God is a person, is the logos, is Jesus Christ. And the Bible, the scriptures, reveals the truth of the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you've ever read like an autobiography or even a biography that's written by someone who is not the subject. But when you read it, you get the sense that you're not getting the whole story. Even if it seems super vulnerable, even if it seems like they're pouring out their heart, you know that you're not getting all of the details about their intimate relationships. You know that you're not getting everything. And that's something to take in as we read the Bible, as we seek to learn about Jesus Christ through the word of God, to realize that we're going to need to go deeper into this book. We can't just go with what is on the surface. So when we talk about the Bible, it's not the same as just talking about like a myth, a fictional story that was just written to explain something. No, when we talk about the Bible, It is God's word that he has given us through the Holy Spirit that he's inspired people to write for us to learn to go deeper in to understand who he is. And if we're going to understand who God is, if we're going to get to know him through the Bible, through the word of God, then we need to also talk about how we got the Bible. 
you know, I think sometimes people talk about the Bible as though it was just kind of laser beamed down from heaven and that's how we got it. It just appeared. But that's not the reality of the Bible. The Bible is written by human beings and it was inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that's something that's fundamental to what we believe as Christians, right? Is that God is living in us. That as I am talking right now about God, it's not just me, Cecilia, talking. That I have the Holy Spirit living in me, and that's what allows me to talk truthfully about who God is. But we live in the world, so it's been written by humans. And that kind of begs the question of how do we know that it was really God? So if we look back through history as to how the Bible came together, there have actually been books that were proposed to be a part of the Bible that people had written that then others decided, you know what, this doesn't sound like God. Some of those books include the Gospel of Judas, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. In these books, there's stories of Jesus doing things um, like (laughs) performing a miracle because he like hurt another child and things like this that just don't really sound like Jesus. It sounds like things that people would want to say about Jesus to make him seem more human, but they don't seem to be from God. I did want to have a little bit of conversation because it's one of the things when I talk about the Bible that people bring up often, is that there's a difference between Protestant and Catholic Bibles. The Catholic Bible actually has more books than the Protestant Bible. So I wanted to talk a little bit about why that is, because actually it shows a really beautiful combination of where the word of God mixes in with human history, with the human reality. So basically the scriptures originally were in Hebrew, right? Because that's the language that the Jewish people spoke. Well, at some point when the Jewish people came back to Israel after they had been away for a little while, they became what's called Hellenized. And I don't know if if you know that word. I remember learning it in like my freshman history class in high school. But Hellenization is basically the idea that the Greeks, when they would take over a place, they wanted to make the people more Greek. And so eventually what ended up happening is that the Jewish people put their scriptures into Greek. And when they put that into Greek, they collected 70 books that they translated into Greek. And those 70 books are what's called the Septuagint. Now we're getting a little bit academic here, a little bit more academic than maybe I normally do. (laughs) But I want to talk about the Bible in a real way. And I think the history of it is important. So we have these 70 books that are in Greek. And now those are the 70 books that ended up being passed down initially. Because I don't know if you knew this, but the Bible, or excuse me, not the Bible, the Gospels were originally written in Greek. So the early Christians used a Bible that was entirely in Greek. It included the Septuagint, which was 70 books in Greek, and it included the Gospels and then the letters of St. Paul. Okay, so the Bible was passed down through tradition. Basically, it was just these people who would talk about it and say, you know, this is the Bible. This is the scriptures. This is what we have, the Greek books. At some point, they they rooted through the Gospels, the New Testament books that they thought were probably not inspired. But basically, they had the 70 books that made it the Septuagint. And then they had the New Testament, the same New Testament that we have now. And then the Protestant Reformation came around. 
So the Bible was just kind of accepted until the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther came and he said, you know what, historically this doesn't make sense that we're using these 70 books in Greek. I want to go back to the Hebrew books. So he decided to remove some of the books that were initially a part of the Bible. And along the way, he also wanted to take out some of the New Testament books that he didn't feel like lined up with with what was his understanding of how God saved us. So he wanted to move out the Septuagint, which included books like Tobit, First and Second Maccabees, Judith, Wisdom of Solomon, Song of Songs, Sirach, Baruch. Those are what we consider like the Catholic, quote unquote, Catholic books. He wanted to remove all of those from the Old Testament, but he also wanted to remove some of the books from the New Testament. He also wanted to remove the letter to the Hebrews, the letter of James, the letter to Jude, and even the book of Revelation, because he felt like that just didn't line up with his theological understanding. So he wanted to remove the books from the Old Testament because of a historical argument that he had and also because of the some of the things that it taught. But he also wanted to remove some of the books from the New Testament. In the end, his followers said, we can't remove the books from the New Testament. That doesn't make sense. There's no historical reason why. But what you're saying that we're just going to keep to the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, the books that were originally in Hebrew, that makes sense to us. So that's what we'll go with. And that's essentially the story for why we have two different Bibles, the Protestant Bible and the Catholic Bible. And so this is a story that really demonstrates how deeply the word of God has been entrusted to us as humans and how he has really given us the opportunity to determine where he is present with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm obviously Catholic. I am in full support of the Septuagint, the full 70 books in the Old Testament. The Song of Songs is actually probably my favorite book in the Bible. It's it's where I've come to understand how deeply God loves me and, and desires for me to be in heaven with him. But not everyone sees that. And and that's something that, that we can continue to talk about. I'm not going to pretend to decide right here today. But I do know that God has spoken to me through the books of the Septuagint, the 70 books of the Old Testament, including the books that were written in Greek that have since been removed in Protestant Bibles. And so this gets us back to the Bible. This gets us back to the fact that the Bible is not simply a history book. It's not simply meant to say what happened. And in fact, if we get caught up in the question of what exactly happened... It distracts us from the truth of the Bible, from the truth of who God is trying to reveal himself to be. Because here's the reality of what we know. God created the world out of love and a desire to reveal that love to us. He reveals that love in two primary ways. The first is scripture. He absolutely reveals his love to us through his word in the Bible. That story that I told you at the beginning of the episode of me starting to read the book of Psalms and knowing the prayer of my heart, knowing that God knew exactly what I was experiencing because I was reading his word through the help of the Holy Spirit. The second way that God reveals his love in a living way is through the tradition of the church. Because here's the reality. 
As people, we are not perfect. God's word, the Bible, is living and true and perfect. We as people are not. (laughs) So sometimes we read this perfect, living, loving word in a way that is not true, in a way that does not come from God. So we need something to check our own interpretations against. And that is the tradition of the church. So in the Catholic Church, we have the Pope, the bishops, we have theologians, the history of the church, meaning 2,000 years of people trying to understand what God is doing in our world. And we can check ourselves, we can check our understanding of reading the Bible against what the church has taught. And that's how we can freely get to know God through his word, while also not being afraid that we're going to take his word and use it for evil purposes, which all of us know examples of that in history. So a way that we can check ourselves as we're reading scripture to make sure that we're really reading it with the Holy Spirit, that we're learning about God, and it's not just me, Cecilia, trying to find validation for my own thoughts, is that we can ask ourselves, how is God revealing his love in what I'm reading? If we are looking for God's love, we will never go wrong when we're reading the Bible. It can get confusing and messy when we're trying to read it looking for a sign or like an instruction manual. When we're saying, okay, what does God want me to do? That's harder when we're reading the Bible because sometimes when we're reading the Bible, you can say, what does God want me to do? Oh, look, I happen to found, find this passage that just so happens to line up with exactly what I want to do. So that must be what God wants. But a great example for why we can't read the Bible in this way is divorce. If I wanted to read the Bible to see whether or not God wanted me to get a divorce, and I went to the Old Testament, I would find that divorce is fine, that Moses said it's fine for me to get divorce. Or I could go to the New Testament and I could read that Jesus says divorce is not okay, that Moses only said it was okay because of a hardness of heart. So if you're looking for an answer on whether or not you should get divorced, this feels contradictory. It says, you know, what does God want? He says I could go either way. Or if you're reading the Bible and you say, how is God revealing his love? And you read in the Old Testament that Moses says it's okay to get a divorce. And you read God's love into that. Say, how is God revealing his love when Moses said it's okay to get divorced? You see that God shows that he meets us where we are. We see that if our hearts are hardened, he doesn't abandon us. He meets us right there. Or you could go to the New Testament when Jesus talks about how divorce is not what's supposed to happen. And if you say, okay, well, how is God revealing his love in that? And that's God showing us that he does not want to leave us in a place where we have hard hearts. He does not want us to settle for what we think is the easy out but he wants us to be open to receiving his abundant life. And we all recognize that life is not black and white. And God, in his love, when we read the scriptures in his way, we see that God is not black and white either, that he is loving us always. And so if we return to the question of divorce, there's not a clear answer in every case. That God has revealed that he meets us where we are and he understands abuse or a pain of abandonment or whatever it is that we're experiencing. But that he also wants us to know that he doesn't leave us in that place of pain. 
and that he promises us healing, that he can do things that we could never imagine. So I can't tell you if you're listening to this podcast whether divorce is the right thing for you or not. But I do know that God promises healing, that he never abandons us. And this is just one example of reading the Bible through a lens of asking God, okay, how are you loving me? And we have to be open to receiving it. We have to be open to, with the Holy Spirit, making a discernment and saying, okay, this is how God has revealed his love. How does that relate to me? As we're trying to understand the Bible, we don't want to ask, okay, what is the point of this story? We're not looking for just like a moral of a story. Because plot twist, the only point is that God loves us. And so when we read passages at different times, they have different meanings to us because all of the meanings bring us deeper into God's love. You don't have to get distracted by thinking that you have to know a scholar, be a scholar. You have to know exactly what these Hebrew words meant or these Greek words meant in order to know God's love in the scriptures. No, all you need to do is to be open to receiving God's love through his word. Scripture studies and scholars can give us an insight into what maybe the original intention was or a deeper meaning of parables or exactly the historical situation to help us to remember that the word of God is living and true, to help us to remember that it's not like another book. Because the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writers of scripture inspires you as the reader. If we get too caught up in thinking, I have to understand this, We start to lean on ourselves instead of allowing God to speak through his word. Scripture has had a huge impact on my life. And I don't just mean quotes from scripture, like the inspirational quotes that you can Google. I mean actually learning about God through scripture. And so in this new season, I want to share with you a little bit of what has made such a deep impact on my heart what has helped me to learn about God, to learn who he actually is, to learn what his voice actually sounds like. And I want to help you to, to see a little part of this, this part of my heart by taking you on an adventure, what I'm calling an adventure, although that's probably not, not the right word, through the Old Testament. We'll be talking about the stories about what happened and how they showed God's love. But we'll also be talking about how these stories reveal the way that God is working with us right now, today. I've studied scripture, but I'm not a scripture scholar. I speak from the Catholic perspective. Everything that I say will be in line with what the Catholic Church teaches. And there's a certain legitimacy with that, that you can know that it's not just me that's speaking. That I am speaking, please God, about the word of God, along with 2,000 years of history of people who have also had the Holy Spirit working in them, also talking about what God has revealed through his word. If you already love the Bible and read it daily, I hope that this season will help to enrich your time with scripture, that it will give you the opportunity to to really dive deeper into how these stories, how these verses that you read really show you God's love. If you don't read scripture, I hope that this will inspire you to pick it up, to dive into God's love through his word. I hope that you can tell that I'm excited to be back in the way that I feel like I've barely taken a breath as I've been recording this episode. But I I do want to share one of my favorite passages from all of scripture. And as I've said, the book of the Song of Songs is only in Catholic Bibles. In other Bibles, it's considered, it's called a deuterocanonical book. But 
I wanted to share one of the beautiful passages that I've taken to prayer often that I really do believe reveals just how much God desires to be close to us. And so this is from the Song of Songs. The voice of my beloved, look, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The scriptures are about love, which is kind of funny because this week's saint of the week is Saint Jerome, who is mostly known as being a super grumpy saint. Saint Jerome is the one who translated the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into Latin. And it's a funny story about how when he was actually translating the book of Exodus, in what we now translate as Moses was, his face was radiant, that he he had talked to God and so there was light coming from his face. St. Jerome translated it as Moses having horns. And so often if you see a a piece of art that includes Moses, he'll have horns because of the way St. Jerome translated it. And St. Jerome's translation was a really big deal because it helps us to understand that from the beginning of the church, people wanted us to know the word of God. Because of St. Jerome, we got into this habit of translating the word of God so that people could understand it. People could read it and get to know God. So in this this season, as we're talking about the word of God, I want to ask St. Jerome especially to pray for us. That as he was diving deeper into every single word of the Bible, that as he got to know God, that he would pray so that through scripture, we could come to know God as well. St. Jerome, pray for us. And finally, we're back to a love tap. I have not recorded an episode of this podcast since I got a dog. So my love tap is actually my dog, Rocco. Every time that I've sat down to record episodes, I've found that what initially was actually a kind of coping mechanism as I was recording podcast episodes, I was able to replace through Rocco. I wanted to talk a, a little bit about why it's been so long since I've recorded and released an episode. It's been a little while because when I first started the podcast, I was going week by week with whatever topic the Holy Spirit put on my heart. There was no plan. (laughs) We were just going with it. But it turns out that's not a sustainable way to podcast. So season two will be a little bit more structured and I've sat down, I've prayed a little bit more. And also producing episodes has been actually a much more time intensive process than I realized. I want to be able to continue to produce episodes, to take the time to uh, talk about them, to edit them, to make them something that is worthy of the love of God that we're talking about. But I also wanted to have transcripts for people who are not able to listen to the podcast for whatever reason. I am unable to set aside the time each week to record, to edit, and to transcribe every podcast. 
So I want to reach out to you and ask for your help in a way that is truly humbling to me, especially for transcribing episodes so that we can continue to keep this going. One way that you can help is that if you have some free time during the week and would be willing to transcribe an episode, go ahead and just send me a message either on social media or through the website and I'll give you an episode number that needs to be transcribed. You can do it on a Google Doc. It's super easy. Or if you don't have the time but you do have the resources, you can give a donation so that I can pay a service to transcribe each episode. To transcribe an episode of this podcast costs about $40. So if you send $40 by a donation, either by Venmo or by PayPal through the website, that will directly fund the transcription of one of the episodes of the podcast. It's truly humbling to admit that I can't do this podcast all on my own, but I can't. There's a lot of things that none of us can do entirely on our own. That's why God gives us grace. So I'll talk more about that in a future episode, but I'm also excited to invite more of you to collaborate in the podcast in a very intimate and concrete way. So if you're able to help to transcribe episodes, I would greatly appreciate it, whatever that looks like. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, thank you for the gift of your word so that we can get to know you in concrete ways through your action in our world. Lord, in this coming season, as we dive deeper into your word, send your Holy Spirit upon us to get to know you more, to inspire us to pick up our Bibles, to open those pages that maybe we've never looked at, so that we can get to know parts of you that are full of love, a love that's greater than we could ever imagine. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and this has been Jesus Loves You, This I Know, a podcast on God's love. You can contact me through the podcast website, jesuslovesyoupod.org, where you can also donate to help fund the podcast by PayPal or Venmo to at CEC underscore squared. Thank you so much, and may God bless you. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything.